Welcome to the Happy Highly Sensitive Life Podcast, where we talk about using human design to build a life that lights you up as a highly sensitive person. In this show, you'll feel like you're sitting down with a friend who's here to help you unlock your energy, find the work you're designed to do, express your true self, and follow your heart. It's time to shift the conversation about sensitivity. In this space, your feelings are always valid, a joyful life and work you love are meant for you, and the possibilities are endless. Hi there, friend. Question for you. How truly restful are your weekends? Do you wake up on Saturday mornings planning to do your chores and errands first to just get them over with? And then suddenly, before you know it, you get to Sunday and you realize you never stopped doing tasks. Then on that Sunday night, you feel tense about starting a new week because you had zero downtime to recharge. Well, I have been there. If you're someone who likes productivity hacks, perhaps you know Brian Tracy's advice to eat your biggest frog first as a way to overcome procrastination. Do any hard stuff you need to do first, and you use your highest energy of the day on the hardest task. Then you do any easier stuff. And if you use this approach in your work life and your personal life, an unintended side effect is that your life becomes all about doing hard things first and putting inspiration, creativity, and joy on the back burner. Now, what I learned about human design and about the body's most powerful energy motor, that's called the sacral center, it turns on in response to opportunities that light you up. When I learned this, I started to rethink how I use my free time for rest, switching up my priorities to focus on doing what feels good and restorative first before doing any other tasks. We live in an anti-rest culture and are conditioned to pack our days full and to be productive seven days of the week. If you want to truly rest, that means being a pioneer and a rest advocate in the circles you live in, living in a different way than you saw your parents live and in a different way than you see friends and colleagues live. Everywhere you look, people are turning into ghosts of their former selves from all the hustling, existing on coffee during the day to keep going, and wine at night to wind down and relax, and this creates the impression that's the only way to live. But the good news is that there's a cultural pushback occurring. People are talking more and more about creating an anti-hustle culture, one that prioritizes well-being and having more by doing less. One that lets people actually rest when they've got a cold or are recovering from surgery and where parents understand that their children are not lazy with a poor work ethic if they follow what their body says it needs and rest when they're tired. This is a movement that has the potential to be a very good thing for empathic, highly sensitive people, giving more acceptance to the notion that resting doesn't mean weakness or laziness, but instead is an act of care and self-love and an expression of how you value yourself and your physical and emotional health. And so in today's episode, I'm talking all about rest. You will learn what human design teaches us about energy and rest, how I define rest, six signs you need to rest, 
why it's essential to prioritize real rest to remain vital, especially right now, two types of rest and why you may need both, and 25 ideas for resting. So let's go ahead and dive in. If you want to understand how your energy functions on a deeper level to rest in a way that's a fit, human design sheds a light on this in a way I've never seen before. As I mentioned in episode 12 on exhaustion, hustle, and burnout, I will link it in the show notes for you because it's a good one. Human design reveals how your energy functions in your body through the nine energy centers that work like the chakras. Four of those energy centers are motors. And the most powerful motor in the body is the sacral. About 70% of the population has what's called a defined sacral center. These are the generator and manifesting generator types. Now, a defined sacral gives you consistent energy to be on the go from sunup to sundown. But there's a distinct way that you turn on your sacral motor energy. And that's when you feel an inner heck yes, an uh uh-huh in response to opportunities that show up in your life. Feeling lit up turns on that sacral motor. When you follow good feelings and use your human design strategy and authority to make decisions, your sacral motor gets turned on. Now, if you're new to human design and you're not sure what I mean by following your human design strategy and authority, I recommend you listen to episode 10, which is an introduction to human design for HSPs. So let's return back to this idea of following good feelings. Following good feelings to activate your energy, it goes against the pressure our culture creates to persist against all odds, doing hard things, and overcoming challenges to prove your worth. This mind shift reminds me of the mind shift that I learned when studying positive psychology that says you can excel farther and faster if you build your life around your strengths rather than spending your energy trying to improve your weaknesses. Now, all my life, I saw weaknesses as something that needed to be overcome. We get that message over and over, right? Put time into overcoming your deficits, but it makes so much sense to name and own your strengths and then build your life around them. That's the way to thrive. And you go further faster living from those strengths. So little shifts in perspective like this can give you a nudge to love yourself as you are and create more ease in your life. Okay, now let's get back to talking about the sacral. About 30% of the population has an open, or sometimes I'll call it undefined, sacral center. That means the same thing. Open or undefined means the same thing. These are the projectors, manifestors, and reflector types. An undefined sacral center gives you a more limited amount of energy. And when you run through that energy, you need to rest to refill your tank. Your energy is served best when you learn to work smarter rather than harder. Now, my dear friend, if you are a projector, manifester, or reflector, you may feel like you've struggled to keep up with the energy levels of the hustle and grind culture. Since 70% of the population has a defined sacral, you have a very high chance of being raised by someone with a defined sacral. People with undefined sacral centers have felt such relief when they've run their human design chart and learned they had an undefined sacral. They finally understand why they feel so energetically different from other people. Knowing this can give you a new level of self-compassion. Let's talk now about the defined sacral and the undefined sacral's need for rest. So 70% of the world has a defined sacral. If you do, you may find that exercise recharges you. 
my human design instructor, Karen Curry Parker, is a manifesting generator with a defined sacral, just like me. She's also a highly sensitive person. She talks about how one of her best ways to rest and recharge is to have a really long bike ride. If you're a sacral type, you need to burn through sacral energy by moving and you will sleep better at night and you'll focus better during the day if you move your body more to use up that sacral energy. You are more likely to do well with intense forms of exercise if they appeal to you and they feel fun to you. But you can still overdo it if you choose activities you think you should do but you don't really want to do. I've already mentioned that you turn on your sacral motor in response to opportunities that show up that you feel good about and you get a heck yes or an uh uh-huh about. To recharge, you need to excite or tickle your sacral with passion projects, whether that's being creative or writing or making or listening to music or playing a sport that lights you up. To become more alive, you need to invest time into activities that bring you joy. And while there's satisfaction in seeing that a chore is done, you live higher and truly release stress when you spend time doing activities that are both satisfying and joyful and that just feel good to you. Is it possible for sacral types to overdo it? Well, absolutely. If you make a decision to do something from your mind rather than listening to your body and your strategy and authority, it's very possible. And it's also possible for other people to take advantage of your high sacral energy by filling your plate with activities that aren't aligned for you. You will wear yourself out and experience burnout. Now, let's talk about non-sacral types and what you need to rest. These are the projectors, manifestors, and reflectors, and you're 30% of the population. With an open sacral, your energy ebbs and flows, and you take in and amplify the energy of those who have defined sacrals, so you may feel like you have boundless energy. This makes it hard to judge when enough is enough. Then you collapse from exhaustion, and it's overwhelming and confusing to find yourself there. Heading into a weekend and rest period, because you absorb the energy of others through your open centers. To rest, you need to clear your energy field. You need to clear out the energy that you've picked up from other people. It's very appropriate for you to prioritize being alone and by yourself, even steering clear of the energy that comes from watching TV, since you pick up on energy there too. Start where you are and meet yourself there giving yourself permission to have zero expectations of yourself about what you need to do, letting go of comparing your energy to other people's energy. You may dislike the idea of exercising. It may feel like it takes everything in you to exercise. If this is you, trust that and honor that. If you want to move stress out of your nervous system, there are other ways besides exercise. Tense your muscles until your body shakes or trembles. Shake your body. Do gentle walking if it appeals. Because it can be hard for you to know when enough is enough when it comes to expending energy, you may only discover you've done too much movement after you're done. This is especially true if you work out in a group with people who have defined sacral centers. I recommend keeping a journal to track your physical signs of fatigue and also how movement impacts you and take what you discover to pare back what you're doing in terms of movement or add a little more in accordingly. During your rest time, as much as possible, spend time with positive, loving people who lift you up since you absorb their energy. Now, in a minute, 
I'll share ideas for rest and get into specific rest activities for a defined and an open sacral. But before I go there, I want to mention that if you're empathic, you'll want to clear your open centers from the energy you've picked up from other people with deliberate rest. If you have an open spleen, an open solar plexus, or open identity center, you can feel drained by experiencing the energy of others through these open centers. If you want to learn more about how being empathic shows up in the human design body graph and about the open spleen, open solar plexus, and open identity center, listen to episode 11 on being empathic and coping. I have an open identity center and I need to rest when I've been around intense charged energy coming from other people. If you're like me, you have a preconceived idea about how much rest you should need. I can be a little surprised by how much I need to feel recovered after I've been in the intense charged energy of other people. In my experience, recovery happens faster if I truly let go without worrying about how long it will take until I can get back to my to-do list. I have to admit though, sometimes this is easier said than done. So what exactly is rest? My definition of rest is creating an energetic break from activities and people that tax your physical and emotional energy to deliberately restore your energetic resources. For this episode, when I'm talking about rest, I'm really focusing on how you spend your weekend time, since that's the time that can get absorbed by chores, errands, excessive social obligations, in lieu of real rest. Now, if you're looking to figure out how to discharge stress during the work week, then I recommend that you listen to episode three, how to cope with intense situations as a highly sensitive person. And also episode four, how to cope with your feelings as an HSP. Those will give you good strategies that you can use on a daily basis to release stress and sleep better at night. If you get to Saturday morning and you're prepared to eat the big frogs first, you plan to knock your biggest to-dos off your list first and to relax second. If you're an open sacral type, open also means undefined sacral type, that's the manifester, projector, or reflector, I say, let someone else do your big frogs. Recruit someone to do your taxes for you, to take your car in, to get the oil changed or inspected, have your groceries delivered. Let someone else do the big frogs for you. And if you're a sacral type and you're dreading doing certain things on your list, what if you did something else first? to activate or tickle your sacral. Rest, move your body or play first and see if it's quicker and easier to get the chores done after you're rested and restored. Okay, so now let's go on and talk about signs you need to rest. How do you know you need to rest? Here are six signs. The first is you're irritable and impatient with people you're close to. If I have trouble giving my best behavior to Adam, that's a sign. Also, if I stop feeling natural joy being with my favorite people. If Adam and I are picking at each other, if I'm being critical and all his habits feel annoying to me when they normally wouldn't, that's a sign. Number two, running into people feels like too much stimulation. For me, I know I'm tired if the idea of simply passing someone on the sidewalk walking in my neighborhood feels like too much stimulation. If I'm trying to repel people, sending stay away vibes to every human who crosses my path, that's a sign. If going to the grocery store, I have no energy for pleasant conversation or eye contact with a checkout person, and I wish I were in a room by myself, that's a sign. 
Number three, cravings for sweets. Sweets for me can feel like a lifeline to decompress. I feel treated and I have a lift in my mood, even if it's only momentary relief. Cravings for sweets and chocolate are really cravings for energy. Number four, everything feels like an obligation and feels hard. There's just simply no lightness or joy to what's on your calendar or what you have to do that day. Number five, you have physical symptoms of needing to rest, like having trouble focusing or dizziness or trouble finding words and stringing sentences together or difficulty making eye contact. And number six, this one happens to me, tired, mindless scrolling on my phone. I'm not proud to admit this. I don't recommend it, but I have noticed mindless scrolling may start in the car of all places. If I'm trying to stay alert at stoplights, and then once I get home, I don't have the energy to stop myself from the mindless scrolling. This is when I'll suddenly find myself scrolling in areas that aren't great for me the news or on social media. These are all the signs that it's time for rest. So I ask you, what are your unique signs you need to rest? So let's talk about types of rest. There are two kinds of resting that I do. The first is more passive, sedentary, and solitary. It usually involves staying home. The second type is active recharging, getting out of the house, moving my body. It shifts my energy and gets me ready to enter back into my everyday routine. As an open or undefined sacral, you may focus your rest around the first more passive, sedentary, and solitary type. As a defined sacral, you may start out with more passive types and then move into the second more active strategies. Now, if I don't have a lot of time for stillness, going straight into active recharging can definitely clear out the cobwebs, but I need to do an activity I'm excited about. Otherwise, I'm irritable and grumpy about it. Let's talk about the first type, which is more sedentary and solitary. Start where you are by asking yourself, what's the thing that feels good to do right now? And just focus on what feels good to do in this moment. Nothing to accomplish, just the restoration of your body and soul. I often need to take a stair-step approach, being more sedentary first in my rest and then moving gently into more active types of rest. I put more passive forms of rest into two categories, lower vibe and higher vibe rest activities. A lower vibe activity has the potential to take down my mood or leave me feeling flat. A higher vibe rest activity inspires me and opens me up and delights me in some way. Let me share some examples of each. Low vibe activities for me are things like scrolling social media or the news or watching reality TV. I'm likely to default into these activities if I'm completely spent and worn out. I just don't have the willpower or forward momentum not to fall into this place. I don't have it in me to do anything else. But these are activities that are not likely to improve my mood or inspire me and are more likely to weigh me down further. When I'm being more conscious of wanting to feel more high vibe, I'll choose TV that inspires me in some way with creativity. For me, that's cooking shows or home decorating shows and even organizing shows. For you, it may be nature shows or documentaries. Sometimes I start here because I'm even too tired to read. Reading is definitely a higher vibe passive activity. Have you noticed for yourself that there are passive recharging activities that are higher vibe and lower vibe? One night 20 years ago, 
after work, I broke from my normal routine of watching TV and eating candy, and I shut the TV off, and I turned on music and leisurely leafed through my favorite poetry book while I cooked dinner. I still remember the pleasure I felt from that evening and how it restored my energy in a higher frequency and more satisfying way. So let me share with you some examples of ways to passively recharge. Number one is to just sit and enjoy the cleansing silence. Number two, lay on a blanket under a tree to ground yourself and stare up at the branches or at the sky and watch the clouds. Or if going out isn't an option, sit on your porch and rock in a rocking chair or in a porch swing if it's cold outside. Lay on the floor in a sunbeam or sit in front of an open window and listen to the sounds of nature. I love sitting in front of an open window when it's a little bit cold outside and I can snuggle up into a blanket and stay warm, yet still hear and feel the breeze. The energy of being in nature will rebalance and release the unwanted energetic frequencies you've picked up during your week. So number three is to snuggle and cuddle your pet, or if you're up for it, your favorite person, to release oxytocin and show your nervous system that the stress has passed. Number four is to sing your favorite song or chant or hum. It activates your vagus nerve, which triggers your relaxation parasympathetic nervous system. Number five is to make a list of all the things you're grateful for since gratitude boosts your mood. Number six is to listen to music that you love. Sometimes when I'm listening to music, I have a good cry. It helps me to release stress. Number seven, do gentle stretching to soothing music or lay in savasana. Close your eyes and power nap for 15 minutes. Number eight, sit on the floor in the corner of the room and look at a magazine or a stunning picture book to feel inspired. I love sitting in little nooks. I love looking at beautiful cookbooks getting ideas about what I can make to eat. Number nine, watch funny animal videos and laugh. Just anticipating laughing raises endorphins. Laughter shows your nervous system that the world is a safe place to be and it finishes the stress response cycle. Number 10, flip open to a random passage in your favorite poetry or spiritual book and think about how the message applies to your life. Number 11, if you're up for it, dunk your face in cold water or take a short cold shower. It activates your vagus nerve and triggers your relaxation parasympathetic nervous system. Number 12, practice deep breathing exercises. Number 13, clean the energy of your environment by smudging yourself in your home with white sage. You can clear out negative energy that you've picked up from other people or just clear the energy out just because you wanna shake things up. Number 14, hold crystals. They raise your vibrations. Number 15, take an Epsom salt or sea salt or Himalayan salt bath that can pull accumulated energy out of you. When you're feeling weighed down by energetic frequencies you've picked up during the day, taking a bath can really change how you feel. Okay, now let's go into the second group of activities. The second group highlights active strategies that revitalize you by requiring present moment focus. Others will work the stress out of your body or give you the experience of getting away and leaving all your worries behind. Number one, do your favorite workout and then take a hot bath with Epsom salts or Himalayan salts. When I was training for a half marathon, the first time I ever ran like six miles, that was the longest distance I'd ever run. But I came home and I got in a hot bath with Epsom salts and I had never felt so relaxed in my life. It was deliciously relaxing. So that's number one, do your favorite workout and then take a hot bath. 
with Epsom salts. Ooh, delightful. Number two is to hike or walk in the woods. HSPs tell me all the time about how they love to just spend as much time out in the woods as possible. Number three, garden and ground yourself and change your energetic frequency by getting your hands in the dirt. Number four, drive to a mountain or head to a rooftop and watch a sunset. Remember that your life is connected to something bigger. Number five, knit or quilt or do needlepoint or your favorite craft or pull out watercolors or pencils and paint or draw to connect with a state of flow. Number six, do physical activity that requires you to be in the moment and connected to your body, but also challenged. Try tennis or maybe a choreographed dance. I like to go golfing because I'm so connected to what my body's doing when I swing at the golf club. But it also has the added effect of being outside and being in nature. Being in the middle of fields releases all that energy I've picked up and grounds me. Number seven, go stargazing from your car. Number eight, buy flowers and arrange them or work on a puzzle or play a game that feels fun. Number nine, visit your local library and read and soak up the beautiful silence. You could also visit an empty chapel and soak up the silence as well. Number 10, get a massage or trade massages with your partner. Releasing oxytocin shows your body that the stress is over. I hope this gives you some ideas about the different forms that rest can take. The most important thing is to check in with yourself and to ask your intuition, what do I need right now to revitalize my mind, body, and spirit? There are deep societal changes that are occurring right now with the global pandemic, a war that's unlike any we've seen in our lifetime, and massive social shifts occurring. Real rest is essential for staying vital and staying connected to yourself. Being an empathic person, you make your biggest contribution by staying vital and in a high vibe place. My nudge for you is to reframe rest as the ultimate expression of self-care and self-love and an expression of how you value yourself and your physical and emotional health. If it resonates, think of rest as a spiritual practice. After all, so many religious traditions think of rest as a sacred act and designate a day of the week just for being still. If you're noticing signs you need to rest and something needs to change, what would you shift or release about your life so you can embrace rest? Now your mind may say, I can't make any changes, there's nothing I can do. But I'm here to lovingly encourage you to look past doubts and fears, to imagine what if your life could be more restful, easier, or more satisfying? What would that life look like? If you can begin to imagine it, you can start to make it happen. The world needs you to be rested and happy. If you're a gentle soul, it's okay to live a more gentle life. The body isn't designed to maintain well-being in a state of constant stress. We aren't meant to be living in a constant pressure cooker. If your entire life is eating big frogs, that's something to notice. How aligned is the life you've designed for yourself? Are you living your life or someone else's idea of what a good life should look like? Now, if you're curious about how human design can help you understand how you can create an aligned life. And if you want to go deeper to understand your unique human design, I've created a free guide to getting started with human design for HSPs. This guide offers more information about how to run your free human design chart in all nine of the energy centers and also information about your energy type and how to begin using your strategy and authority to live in alignment. 
If you're a more visual than auditory learner, this guide will reinforce and expand on what you're learning in this podcast. Grab it by visiting humandesignforhsps.com. I will link it and all the episodes mentioned in today's episode in the show notes. If your intuition is nudging you to go even deeper with human design, commission me to create a custom 50 plus page written guide to your human design. Receive a downloadable custom blueprint to guide you as you begin to incorporate the principles of human design in your life based on your unique human design chart. I lovingly custom create every map myself. My friend, I am so, so grateful we have spent this time together. If you'd like to receive regular news from me, sign up for my email newsletter by following the link in the show notes. You can also connect with me on Pinterest at Happy Highly Sensitive Life, where I share short videos with tips and strategies for living and working with greater ease and alignment as an HSP. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe, leave a positive comment and rate and review it. This helps other HSPs find the show. Bye now.